Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, November the 2nd. And by the way, I should say congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning the, the World Series last night. We're going to be talking uh, about the Rangers on Sunday night when we chat with our friend David uh, Dave Matthews, uh, sports journalist here in the area. So we'll get into a lot of baseball on, on Sunday night. But today we're going to talk about Mexico. And let me welcome... Our friend, uh, Therese Margolis, how are you? Hi, how are you, Silvio? I'm fine, thank you. Great to have you, as always. Fun. Great to have you, as always, and it's uh, a lot of fun to, uh, to, to visit with you. Uh, how is every, how's the weather in Mexico City this time of the year? Well, it's cool for Mexico, but I don't think it's cool on, on the standards of the U.S. I hear it's really yeah. chilly up there. Yeah, over here right now, we, we did have a little drop in temperatures, but it's we don't get that cold in Texas really until January. That's when we that's when we really get uh, very cold. But, you know, it, it's very pleasant, actually, at this time. Well, a couple of topics that I would like to get your input on. One is the, the situation in Acapulco, which has been shocking for many of us because in my case you know through through my wife she has friends who've been impacted by this a great deal and then i also want to ask you about the caravan so let, let me begin with with acapulco i'm certainly not an expert on on hurricanes or anything like that i follow the weather like everybody else but it it looks like people went to sleep this is what i hear from from friends of family that they went to sleep thinking that there was a tropical storm in the area and they woke up at two o'clock in the morning in a category five hurricane. Uh, is that what you hear? That's exactly what happened. As a matter of fact, um, you know that I'm the editor of a English language paper here in Mexico, Pulse News Mexico. And um, honestly- Which we... by the way, let, let me forgive me for not having said that at the beginning when I introduced you, and I guess I, I just made the mistake of assuming no that worries. that everybody knew. So forgive me for not introducing you that way. You're right. You're the editor of Pulse News Mexico. And I didn't say it even. I had it Don't written down. It. Don't worry. I was only mentioning it because. No, honestly, but I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because I should have done it. So thank you for bringing it up. Thank you, Sylvia. Basically, we had looked at it as whether we wanted to cover it. We're a little short-staffed right now, and there are a lot of other things going on in Mexico politically. And so it was uh, Cat 1 that was going to hit Cat 2, and we figured, okay, you know, we have hurricanes. Just we'll put in a little note later, and we never expected literally the Hurricane went from a Cat 1 to a Cat 5 in two hours, something that's never happened before, I don't wow. think, anywhere. No. And nobody expected it. And there are the number of missing is fluctuating. They, the number of deaths, we think it's probably going to end up to be 100. There are over 200,000 homes destroyed, totally beyond repair. 65% of all structures, buildings in the Acapulco area are beyond repair. It's devastating. And 
there's very little communication in and out. The highway between Mexico City and Acapulco is basically destroyed and it's controlled by the military right now. Um, why is this so relevant? For Mexicans, it's personal because every single Mexican has some connection with Acapulco. It's where you went with your parents on spring break or Easter. It's where you, you spent your holiday with your kids, your friends at school. It's where you had your first boyfriend or girlfriend. It's your, your place where you went with your grandparents. It's a place you go when or went when you don't have something to do, let's go to Acapulco for the weekend. And the nice thing about Acapulco was that it didn't matter what your economic class or possibilities were, every single person of every single economic strata could go to Acapulco and afford to stay and enjoy it. So it's it's a personal thing to yeah. everyone. I agree. And and if I may uh, jump in and say, I've been to Acapulco several times. Actually, I was there more for business conferences or business conventions than for personal pleasure because uh, it just it was just a very popular place to to have business meetings yeah. and, uh, and, and conventions and that kind of thing. So I, in fact, twice I stayed at a hotel called The Prince's and the princess, as I understand, please tell me if I'm wrong, but I understand it was devastated. It's gone. Everything. Wow. And and let me let me add this: the um, the calculations are that uh, to reconstruct Acapulco, it would be a minimum of three billion U.S. dollars, a maximum of fifteen U.S. Dollars, 15 billion US dollars. The GDP of Acapulco last year was $385 million. So if you do the math, there's no way that there's an economy to rebuild. And on top of that, 65 of the municipalities in the state of Guerrero, which is the state where Acapulco is, are completely in inhabitable right now. Um, the government, the Mexican government, the day before, ironically, that Otis had, had eliminated uh, 13 fideicomisos, which are basically government trust uh, funds. And um, most of those were aimed at eliminating any money to support a judiciary here, which is another story we can go to some other time. But basically, in addition to all of the money for the judiciaries that were eliminated, one of the fideicomisos that was wiped out by order of Mr. Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador was the Mexican equivalent of FEMA. So there was no money as of the night before to provide for emergency aid. And so the country is in chaos, the whole region is in chaos. Uh, on top of that, you know that this, the region is very much under the occupation 
of the um, drug lords and cartels. Uh, there's right. violence everywhere, and it's uh, all right. There, that's uh, okay. It happens. It happens to the best of us. So there you go. It have no problem. No, but you mentioned no. while, while you uh, while you do that, uh, Guerrero has been a hotspot for for cartel violence. Uh, just the other day, when my wife and I went out for our anniversary, I guess a few months ago, we were having dinner, and the young man who was waiting on us is from Guerrero. And I was asking him, you know, how you know, I, I usually just ask him, you know, how's your family back back home? Yeah. And they say, well, uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of violence. And, you know, he was telling me all kinds of details. So Guerrero has been in the forefront of or, you know, has been a, a staging area for for a lot of cartel violence. Uh, how much comparable to other places? I don't know, but it's pretty big. But I didn't mean to interrupt you. Were, were, were you finished uh, when when you were reading off those numbers? I thought they were so interesting. I think there's something else that has to be mentioned, and that is the fact that people, many people in Mexico City, as you well know, had had past tense homes, uh, weekend homes in Acapulco. Many people had, you know, it was, it was a place to go over weekends. So uh, a lot of people tried to get back to bring in supplies, to bring in food, water, medications, just basic supplies to people in their neighborhood or people who worked where they lived. And the government has stopped them from going in. There's, um, there's horror stories and accounts that have not been fully verified of people being attacked by the police and having, well, the military saw on the way to Acapulco in the town of Chipancingo, which is the capital of the state of Guerrero, um, having all the property and money and uh, the the supplies they were taken taking taken by the military. There's accounts of looting of stores, department stores, and furniture stores, and everything WalMarts uh, by the military. Uh, the people of Guerrero are saying that they have been forgotten. The government is basically doling out very, very limited basic needs to some people in the state. But this is, as you know, we're kind of open, entering the year of Hidalgo in Mexico, which I think you know what that means. But basically, it's the the end of the uh, presidential term, and it's when people in government take right. the can. Yeah, and no, I I understand, I understand, but uh, I just just a couple of points that you were making. I just wanted yes. to go back to them. Uh, Acapulco is uh, also a very uh, memorable place for a lot of Americans because for a very long time, Acapulco is where many Americans went for honeymoon, for sure. vacations. So it's a place that has a connection to the United States as well. I know Cancun has become very popular now, but Acapulco has a history. I mean, it's funny. The other night I was watching a, a black and white movie 
that took place. This is an American movie that actually took place in Mexico, and it was in Acapulco. It was a, a love story that, you know, taking place in Acapulco. This is like a 1940s movie or something. Mm -hmm. But so there's a, there is a long history also with the United States and Acapulco. Uh, I, I always heard stories of people who would drive down, you know, right down the coast. And and go to Acapulco from yeah, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But at one time, I guess so. So <laughs> it, it is that history. But I can tell you that on Sunday, uh, my wife was getting all kinds of messages on her phone of people telling her one, no, no relatives, but sort of friends. You know, one who lost his business, just like you're saying, lost their house. So it's it's just remarkable when I when I was hearing all these things and it was reminiscent of Katrina now different situation, but Katrina was also a hurricane that got out of control, but it got out of control because the levees broke, not because they didn't, not because they underestimated the category, but the levees broke. And once the levees broke, I mean, you saw the pictures of new Orleans looking like a lake, you know? So that had a lot of negative consequences on, on President Bush, a lot of it unfair, but nevertheless, uh, he, he caught some of it. And President Bush learned the lesson, uh, which I assume Lopez Obrador may be learning now, is that the local government can make you look really bad. And I assume that's what's happening there, that the local government is really the ones who were not, for whatever reason, were not ready, right? The mayor the governor of the state of guerrero and as i said 65 municipalities in the state have been declared inhabitable the governor of the state who is very close to the current administration national administration uh was having a party then and celebrating the day after the hurricane that doesn't look good. No. That doesn't look good. That's the kind of stuff that gets you booted out of office. Um, Wish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That that doesn't look good. So now that the place has been devastated, you say fifteen billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Three to fifteen. Yeah. Where Where is the money going to come from? I mean, no, uh, they basically said that it's uh, the economic. Um, realities are that it cannot be salvaged and that they're just going to have to level it. I so kind Acapulco of will be, so forgive me for interrupting you. So is Acapulco just going to be, you know, just erased from the map, I guess? Is that what you're saying? That's what they're saying. I have been arguing that, you know, if you do look at those numbers and of course they're very perturbing, but if you do look at those numbers, what you're not calculating in is the value of the Acapulco people's spirit and strength. Um, I think that a lot of there's a whole lot of centers all over the city in Mexico City where people are going in and making donations, not of money, not of money, but of goods of food and tins and and medications and uh alcohol and and things and everything that they present someone writes 
that it was given as by an individual and they listed in a list so that it cannot be expropriated. They take a magic marker and write on every single item so that it is clear where the donations are coming from. But um, they still are intercepted and not allowed to be delivered in person. Okay, one rumor, and again, the problem with these things is that you get all kinds of rumors. And uh, I, you know, you listen to them and, and you don't know if it's true or false. One rumor I've heard that many organizations in the United States have tried to help. This happens all the time, by the way. Uh, if I may just take a little sidestep. When the Mexico City earthquake happened in 1985, you probably remember that quite well. Yeah. When that happened, I was here in Dallas uh, and there were lots of different local groups that were raising money and medical supplies. And it was very effective in in getting it to to Mexico City. But the rumor that we're hearing now is that Lopez Obrador, President Lopez Obrador basically said, no, we don't want help from the outside, you know, almost like silly because he's gonna need help from the outside. Is that true that they're not allowing help from the United States? That's absolutely true. It's absolutely true, very sadly, and for for a number of reasons. Um, like I said, this is, uh, well, next year is an election year, and um, Mr. Lopez Obrador theoretically is supposed to leave, and his party is to be continued in representation by uh, the mayor, the woman who just resigned from being mayor of Mexico City. Um, There is a lot of movement against his party, which has been very authoritarian, to put it gently. Um, And basically, there is, um, depending on who you consult, according to the New York Times, somewhere around 65% of the country is under the cartels. Guerrero is a state that is definitely right. under the cartels and has some really, really nasty things going on. Right. No, um, I know. I, I, I've seen some of those reports. In fact, you've published some of them in Falls News Mexico. It's, uh, there's a, a, a think tank, right, that you have you published one time that that indicated very high percentage. Now, it's interesting because I was talking to a gentleman from Mexico about that here recently. And he was saying he doesn't believe those numbers. He thinks they're exaggerated. So I said, well, okay, if you don't believe 61%, what number do you believe? Because whatever number you believe is too much. If it's 35 or 40, that's still too much. Uh, yeah. But but nevertheless, that's... Uh, so I guess, you know, by the way, I, I, I wanted to say something. Forgive me for jumping. But one of these days, we'll have to do a show about your next president, who it looks like, well, there's two candidates, I guess, main candidates, although there's a third one, the governor of Nuevo León, too. He's jumping in. So it looks like you are going to have a lady president. That's what it's kind of like looking more and more. And uh, But I don't think either one of these two ladies was looking forward to what happened in Acapulco. That just creates a lot of problems politically for especially the incumbents party, I would think. So at a future time, I like to ask you to talk about the election 
Because the only thing I've heard so far, my impression, and again, I know this is off topic, but all I hear from these two ladies is one hates Lopez Obrador and the other one loves Lopez Obrador. I don't seem to hear, and I'm not saying this because they're women. That's not why I'm saying it. But I'm can, simply I say, saying, can I interrupt you and tell you that we recently ran an article by a very astute man named Silvio. Oh, <laughs> okay. all right. So you remember so, that one. I remember your article that I thought it was very insightful because one of the main things you pointed out is that neither of these two candidates are even touching upon the issue of security. Well, thank that, you for reminding me of that. That wasn't that was where I was going. Article. I'm not trying to. <laughs> no, but thank you. But I, I reminded you of that, and I, I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. I did say that. And But my point is that it's such a serious election for Mexico that you would think they would have something more to say other than simply, it's almost like a telenovela. You know, she loves them, she hates them. And so far, now, in all fairness to them, I think they're probably going to have to start detailing some policies sometime soon, maybe after the first of the year. That's what I hear from people down there, but uh, so far. I hope so. I hope so, because the country needs that debate. Um, Now, I guess the next big thing, before I talk to you about another topic, the next big thing is, of course, rebuilding and what you're apparently telling me is that Acapulco is probably not, you know, never going to be Acapulco again. It's going to take a lot of money, and I don't know where that money is going to come from. Yeah. One question I asked uh, my wife when she was reading off some of the comments that she was getting from friends on her phone. One question I asked is, how many of these private investors have insurance to replace what has happened? Mexico um, one of the lowest insurance rates of, of property in the world. Okay, so it, most of it, if you you know, uh, some of the foreign companies will probably just take the loss, but a lot of the locals will will have to eat the loss, which is going to be very bad. Yeah. Let me ask you. Um, this is an ongoing topic, by the way, that you'll be doing a lot of writing about at Pulse News Mexico, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Let me ask you one question that is a completely new topic. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the United States, if you were being interviewed by somebody else, okay, they would ask you this question I'm asking you because this is the question that everybody's asking. How do, how do 5,000 non-Mexicans go into Mexico and cross the country and the government doesn't do anything about it? which is right now that's what we hear, that there's a new caravan going through Mexico. So how do 5,000 people who are not even Mexican do that? This is not the Mexico I remember, okay? I remember a different Mexico where the authorities were always very sensitive about people who were not Mexicans crossing the country. So how, how do you explain this, this new migrant caravan dress? Uh, first, I think I'm frozen, but um, visually, I think I'm frozen. But anyway, uh, I... No, but I can hear you, so you're okay. Basically, what happened is that exactly what you said, this is a very different government. This government is um, very extremely leftist, 
and uh, the ties are very close with Venezuela, Cuba, Iran, countries that are not particularly close to the United States, shall we say. Yeah. Um, the, um, the government uses and has traditionally used the issue of migrants as a form of leverage, a palanca, as they say in Spanish, uh, against the United States. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yes. And um, right now, the current government doesn't want to scratch the United States' back. Um, in the case of these migrants, most Mexicans are not thrilled about having them here. That's what I thought. Mexicans feel that the territory is being invaded. But then again, I think that's a sentiment very strong in the United States, especially the states like Texas, where they're feeling the consequences of it. And, you know, and masses of people are coming in that simply become drains on society. We had the fentanyl problem. We have the issue of guns and violence and, and, and increased violence in the United States and increased violence in Mexico. Right. And um, I think another interesting issue is that um, a recent study found that the drug lords in Mexico, Mexico are the fifth largest employers in the country. So I saw know, that. People, I saw that. Pretty incredible. I source of income because they have to pay for for um, their transport and such, and they also are many of them fall victims to um, human trafficking, prostitution, passing drugs. They become bores, uh, carriers, and um, and. The government is much closer, the current administration is much closer to this particular group of employers than they are to the middle class right. in Mexico, the productive class in Mexico, the companies corporate class in Mexico. So um, it's, I don't think that the current government really cares uh, what's happening in Mexico. I'll give you an example. There was a very famous uh, Mexican TV, thank God he's still alive, TV um, news broadcaster, Cyril, who was um, attacked about a year ago when he was going to, coming out of the studio on reform on the main highway here, the main street in Mexico City. And uh, motorcycles came up from both sides with machine guns or guns or something and shot, you know, like something like six or eight times into the car and Ciro survived. And because he's a very important person, his name obviously came up in the press conference with the daily press conference with the president the next day. And, um, and the president's response was, well, why did he have a 
armored car. How could he afford an armored car? <laughs> the question should have been, right. why did he need an right. armored exactly. car? Exactly. No, I know. It's it's. I remember you you pointing that out in one of your articles before. I think it was you who pointed that out. But by the way, you are frozen. Your face is frozen, but your voice is not. Okay. So so I can hear you perfectly. Thank you so much for for uh, all of that. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna. Uh, we, we we have to stop for now, but I hope we do it again. We've got. I like to get more updates on Acapulco, and I know you you publish them on Pulse News Mexico, and also uh, maybe later in the year, at the beginning of the new year, I like to do a show on the presidential election, because I am assuming that one of those two ladies is going to be the next president. But there is, from what I hear, and this is just, I mean, again, you know more about it than I do, but I hear people talk about this governor of Nuevo León as a, a, a charismatic and a conservative candidate. And I don't know, he could be, uh, I'm not saying he's going to win, but he could make it interesting, uh, especially if, if these two ladies begin to have problems in their campaign. So I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully you can explain that to me sometime <coughs> in the future. But you know who I'm talking about, the governor of yes, Nuevo León. Yes, Garcia, I think is his name, and he has been in the news here in the United States quite a bit, but that's because Monterrey is attracting all this investment, including Tesla, opening a, a brand new facility there for batteries. So, I mean, I've seen his picture on the business pages quite a bit, and he's a very impressive uh, person, whether he can run a campaign, I don't know. But he's a very impressive person, and he's promoting the image of Monterrey and Nuevo León in a very positive way. At least that's what I see here in the newspapers, uh, Therese. Well, I think that um, if you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said definitely Claudia Sochitol uh, Galvez or Claudia Scheinbaum, who is the from AMLO's team and Sochitol is from the uh, more conservative team, but uh, Alcapulco is a turning point, just like the 2017 earthquake was a turning point in the elections, in the presidential elections in 2018, and how one of the reasons AMLO became president. Right, so, you're talking about the students who were killed, right? The no, no, no. The the earthquake that oh, hit the earth yes, the earthquake in okay. 2017, September 19, right. 2017. Okay. okay. Um, All right. Very good. And um, well, those I things. I mean, look, those things. Those are natural things that happen. Obviously, nobody plans them, but they have an impact because they test your leadership. That's what they do. I mean, and they you, say if you you know if you want to make God laugh. Tell them your plans. So, right, exactly. You know, exactly. There's That's no true. telling what's going to happen. That's so, right. Well, well listen, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's really very nice of you to join us and to give us your input. Thank you so much for your time. Keep up the great work at uh, Pools News, News Mexico. We recommend it. And uh, hopefully we can chat again and give my best uh, to the other writers uh, in your staff who do such a wonderful job as well as you do. Thank you. All right. Have a wonderful. Thank you for having me. It was great talking to you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Always my pleasure to 
to chat with you. Well, there's a little chat uh, about Mexico. Been meaning to do this for quite some time. The Acapulco situation uh, uh, precipitated some of it because what's happening in Acapulco is just a terrible human story, as well as everything else that goes with it. Of course, presidential elections coming up, and who knows how that's going to turn out uh, uh, next year. But we'll talk about the elections the next time we have uh, to rest on. But today, I really wanted to talk about Acapulco and get some of those numbers that she was reading off. It's a real disaster. Uh, I, I, I can tell. I, I went to Acapulco on business conventions, and I always liked it. And now, of course, uh, m- there are many, many people in the United States who have a connection to Acapulco vacations or even weddings, uh, honeymoons, and stuff like that. So Acapulco is more than just a a place on the map uh, for many people. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later again. Congratulations to the Texas Rangers for winning the World Series, and we'll be talking about the Rangers in an upcoming program. Thank you, and have a great day, everybody.